The sound of that tractor means it's time for us to go to work. You're listening to the Give Us the Dirt podcast powered by Hoopa Grading Company. My name is Brandon. This is Bam Bam, and we are your host. So we've got a very special guest today with us and a dear friend of mine, Kristen Parker, an incredible leader in the construction industry with over 29 years of experience. Kristen has a proven track record of delivering exceptional customer solutions and building strong relationships with clients. She's known for her team-driven approach and her ability to motivate and inspire her colleagues to achieve their goals. With her focus on customer satisfaction and her relationship-oriented leadership style, Kristen's become one of the most respected leaders in the industry. Her wealth of experience and expertise make her an invaluable asset to any project she's involved in and the perfect person to have with us today on the Give Us the Dirt podcast. Kristen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Have your nerves settled yet? They're getting there. They're getting there. So, bam, bam, (laughs) I pull up in the parking lot and I see Kristen. She's sitting in her her, uh, uh, car and I'm like, you got to get out. You got to come out. As she gets out, she said, you got my nerves tore up already this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine, mine are still, too, yeah. so it's going gotcha. to be okay. Hey, you're, you're great at this. You're going to be a natural. We're just going to tell your story, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, but first, before we do that, Bam Bam's going to help us kind of uh, loosen up a little bit. So, Bam Bam, what you got? I, I got this game called Rapid Fire. And I'm gonna throw some quick. Que- I'm gonna throw some questions at you, and, and right. you just throw the answer back at me. All right. As soon as you hear it, uh, and are you? So ready? don't think about it. Just don't think oh, about it. First thing that comes to your mind. First thing that comes to your mind. No thinking, just throwing it out. There. I got you. Um, least favorite phrase in the workplace. Not my job. Is your bed made right now? Yes. Nice. Mine's not. Um, well, well made him roll back, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. ready for me to get home well, somebody tonight. Was, somebody <laughs> was still in mine whenever. Yeah. Uh, what never fails to make you laugh? Um, geez, that's a hard one. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I think on that one. We're going we gonna to side that one. Let's, side put it. It to the side. Let's put okay. it to the side. Pass. Okay. Uh, are you a thinker or a doer? I think I'm a mix. Okay. More of a doer, but yeah, I put some thought into things. Yeah. Okay. Would you travel a bit to? Of the, both. Would you travel to the past or to the future? Uh, future. Future. What object do you misplace the most? My reading glasses. You're they're right, they're right there. Yeah, you had, put, <laughs> you, had, you had to put an eyeball you, on them. Yeah. And you're there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, best advice you've ever received gonna be a good one. uh you cannot uh, see and it came from a leader of mine uh you can only change your actions not the actions of others i like Ooh. that yeah that's strong yeah that's, yeah that's pretty pretty hardcore right there all right texting or talking what do i like to do best yeah talk mm-hmm. oh yeah okay i text uh, out necessity if i'm in a meeting not supposed to be doing something else and I get it down here and text somebody something. <laughs> there you go. Which coworker makes you laugh the most? Oh boy. Uh probably my service manager out of Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seep. Okay. Uh well that can be the answer to what makes you laugh the most. 
Yeah, yeah. We can, we can double that up. That yeah, I think, I think we answered both. We killed right. two birds. All right, well, <laughs> there, you go. there we go. <laughs> Mornings or nights? Oh, both. Both? Yeah. Okay. Worst subject in school? Oh, art. Art. Yeah, when I was, uh, this is a true story, and it's haunted me till today. But in the first grade, we only got one piece of construction paper. You know how you outline your hand for mittens or for a turkey? Yeah. Yes. And I accidentally cut them off, and I asked for another piece of construction paper. And Miss Campbell wouldn't give it to me. I got it. That's the only unsatisfactory I ever got. And you still from kindergarten got until I graduated from graduate school. That's the only unsatisfactory grade I ever got. <laughs> wow. We could end the podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That tells okay. me so much yeah, about yeah. Kristen Parker. I uh, and, and you know, I, you know, I'm thinking about that. It would not have been the only unsatisfactory grade that I got in school. Look, I still tell my mama, I'm like, I can't believe you didn't go in that teacher and say something. That's the only blemish on my whole let record. Me, let me finish out my Except for, except for a fishing ticket. I did yeah. get fished. That's a blemish. Yeah. You can ask that question a hundred times, and I think that might be the only time somebody answers the worst subject is art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking math, which was mine. That's hilarious. Unless you can't like <laughs> That's social hilarious. studies or ELA. Yeah. Well, so, Kristen, man, you did great on that. Actually, yeah. your very first answer, I mean, coming out, you came out of the gate strong. I love that you said your least favorite phrase in the workplace is not my job. Yeah. Yeah. hate that one. Yeah. My, my worst one is I can't. I, yeah. I hate that word. I think that word yeah. should be scratched from my vocabulary. Yeah. No. Yeah, you, not can my all, job. you can always bring a solution. Probably that's most aggravating from employees when they come to you with – an issue and you try to you know you hear it out but try okay well what do we need to do to change that and they have no idea or no solution or no discussion point that we can try to make that better for them they're the ones feeling it not me right so if you're feeling it tell me how you know we unravel it and get it better but so do you tell your team look if you're going to bring me a problem bring me a solution i think think it's innate with them now i need one yeah i think it's innate with them now that and I, I learned that, you know, no, no. Um, I learned that from probably my career mentor. But um, Nuno always just asks questions. And I figured out pretty quickly, you don't always give an answer or give feedback when somebody comes to you, just ask questions. And after you listen to them for a period of time, you come up with a solution together. But that's always driven driven me. And, I, and I've tried to mimic that, you know, and replicate what he did with me. Um, I ask them more questions, and I, I think it's innate now. They don't just come to me with an issue. They come to me, you know, ready to discuss what the particulars are about it to get an answer. So Yeah, that's a great quality of leadership right yeah. there is when you, you stop becoming the easy button. That's you right. stop yeah. answering the question, even though you probably want to. Well, next time they won't come to you because right. they already know, you know, let well, me yeah. ask that question of the folks that are bringing me that situation or problem or whatever it may be and they they're a lot more geared and have it in their repertoire to take care of it instead of coming to me so because yeah. that's the whole that's the whole gig make everybody the, else stronger give, around you gives them the tools to pull the trigger that's right out there in the field without yep it's good what well, tell me about you where did where did you grow up Kristen? uh so i grew well that's my so i grew up in jacksonville north carolina all right um after i was five before that I was in um, Alabama. That might be where I got some of my 
Nice twang that sounds, I ended up having. I told him, I was like, was Brandon and Caroline looking for a redneck episode? I said, they asked me to come be on here. <laughs> I think they already found one. <laughs> <laughs> you sound normal to us. So. No, but uh, so Jacksonville, North Carolina, um, my, my parents both were, you know, in the financial background. My dad more on the CFO's side, doing credit management and stuff like that. My mother in banking, so, yeah. I read an article. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't remember where the article was, but how you had decided after watching your parents, you were not going to wear a suit That's work right. every day. That's right. So they they were used being in the financial sector. They were used to showing up. They oh, suits yeah. My day. mom still shows up every day. <laughs> she shows up every day retired. So, yeah. Um, and dad, early on, he was always in, you know, a tie and, and dress outfits. My mother, I mean, even today, she doesn't work in the yard without looking 100%. So, true Southern belle. Yeah. yeah. That generation, they yeah. never... Yeah. Went out anywhere without being made up. Yeah. They show up. That's great. And then you, it says here you went to Western Carolina, got your MBA, graduated summa cum laude. Yep. Hey, man. Yeah, I graduated. Thank you, laude. (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I did. Uh, In fact, I don't know if that's got anything to do with summa cum laude. It's it's very similar. Very similar. Yeah. And you should be proud of that. Thank you. You Thank should be proud. And then, uh, so after you graduate from Western, what yep. was next? Graduate from Western, I was on the interview path. Um, so I ended up, the only reason why I ended up where I did is um, I went to the banks to follow what mom and dad did. Wait a minute. I did. I interviewed, and I think at the time it was Bank of America, I believe, okay. here in Charlotte. I uh, went to the Omni, of course. I was overwhelmed. I was like, holy crap, you know, in my suit, ready to go. Um, one of the folks on the interview group was uh, named by John Hendricks, and he was the person hired by <clears throat> another yellow company to do the transition between the dad and son of that company. And he said, you know, on your way back, I want you to stop back by this tractor company. And so I stopped by the dealership, and I was like, this is this is where I belong. So I jumped in there, did their IT stuff, network stuff. Um, took them from the little tiny black screens to actual PCs at the time. So yeah, that's you ever how I started. Wonder why out. he said, "Hey," right there after that interview, he said, "Do you think he knew that you were uncomfortable being where you were, or that, did he see something in you that he said, hey, I need this over here?'" Well, they were in a transitional time period. Um, where they, you know, were learning computers, and that was, I was a programmer. Okay. So, I don't know. It could have been a mix of that, but I think he knew right off that if I could wear jeans on Friday, I was... I was coming to work for them. So yeah. that was that was definitely, a, at the time, believe it or not, that's a recruiting motivator for somebody. Yeah, I'm sure. Not yeah, what we have to recruit now. So. And how long did you spend there? Mm. I was there 18 years. 18 years. Yep. yep. And then how long have you, uh, so in 2011, yep. you made the move over to Ascendum. Yeah, well, 2010. I contracted 2010. with them. Yeah, I contracted with them for the first year. And then um, we worked out and ended up coming full-time with them in 2011. Yes, sir. And so you joined as, and hopefully I got this, you were VP of Sales and Marketing yep. at the time. So tell me about Ascendum. What, who is Ascendum? What does so it like? Ascendum, their family-owned company, which is what I gravitate towards. Um, 
mainly because typically you can be a servant to the customer at a lower level. You don't have to go through a lot of protocol and governance to make decisions. So um, they're a family-owned company. They're in their 65th year right now. They're out of Portugal. Um, Lord, I could go over all up, but I'd probably mess that piece up, so I won't do that. But anyways, in the United States, they have North Carolina, South Carolina, Eastern Tennessee, Georgia, and they have North Dakota and East and Western Minnesota. So, wow, um, big coverage. Yeah, yeah, that's a large yeah. footprint. I and just have North Carolina. So, so. you are gen- now your general manager, and you've got North Carolina. Yep, I've got North Carolina total part service sales and rental. It's awesome. Yeah, and I say that very lightly because I have a team that has all that and I'm fortunate to work with them so, so tell me about that team what is this what does that team look like how many people do you lead so ooh, that's a good question so we are growing every day so the one of the things we know best is that we need to grow our technician base and our support base of parts and service so we're in the middle right now of um, a lot of growth over the past couple of years so technician wise we try to be at that 50 to 60 mark, but I always have this little goal out there, you know, the little, I don't know what you call it, the cloud out there that I want us to be at the 80 mark in North Carolina. Um, Because our goal is be the best dealer in North Carolina. So the group as a whole continues to push that every day. So as we um, hire parts folks, service folks, that's what we're looking at. And then, of course, we have the sales reps, and those sales reps – you know, they're covering every product line that we have, and Volvo's our primary. Well, they so. got the same goal. Yeah, yep. Be the best. Be the best. Yeah. You ever thought, of, how do you measure that? How do you know if you're the best? Mm. Uh, probably more so from the customers. I mean, obviously, there's measurements. Right. You know, we have dashboards. We have KPIs that we're looking at, best performance practices, all that. But listening to the customer has really been my kind of thermometer of how well we're doing and i always say this and i've said this to your company i've said it to other companies is you make us a better dealer for your competitors actually so the people that you're competing against the other customers in the territory Mm -hmm. when you guys give us feedback i mean good or bad and that's that's a challenging part is you want to replicate what we do well and our guys try that every day but the, the feedback we get that maybe isn't positive, it's harder to swallow, but we learn more from that than we do the good things. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you that, know? That, that the, 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 the stuff we didn't do, that's that's where you improve. That's, that's where right. you can make you improvement. That's right. Well, and you're only going to find that out if you ask. That's yep. right. That's it. And if they won't answer you, you've already lost them. Yeah. Yep. You know, or if they don't come to you, you know, to share with you what's going on, you've already lost them. Kristen, yeah. did you, you have uh, – Siblings? Uh, I had a brother, yeah. He passed away, yes, or Kevin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had diabetes, so. Okay. Yeah. I always wonder, because, you know, uh, you're tough. I know you. You're tough. You, you're thick-skinned, too. To be in this industry for, what, 29 years? Yep, yep. Where did that toughness come from? Ooh, I think, uh, well, Kevin probably had a lot to do with it, because he was <laughs> the one hiding under my bed at night, and then I would chase him down the hallway to tell mom and dad i didn't hit him but anyways uh (laughs) so i think i think our our family as a whole has a lot you know has a lot of strength within and so you know there's that inner core of values and stuff so we push that hard um and then playing ball all my life 
Uh, what kind of ball? Oh, boy. Everything. You so, played it all. Oh, yeah. My brother and I, my parents, unfortunately, have paved our side yard now. It's a driveway. But my brother and I had pickup football games with his friends and my friends every day. I will tell you what it was called, but I don't think that's politically correct anyway. <laughs> but it's smear, so, uh, so, you know. <laughs> uh, so we would we would play hard at that. And then, uh, let's see, Daddy, he had a basketball goal in front of our carport. And so I stated it. We had neighbors that kept up with my free throws and everything else. And my parents would come to me and be like, uh, Miss Carrick said you only hit. You know, nine out of ten. I'm like, God to mighty, you know, because she was in her top window watching me. So I had a lot of people around me that have made me uh, who I am today. I mean, from coaches to, you know, my obviously my parents. I talk to them every morning for an hour. I get the uh, Republican download every morning, and we get to— You talk to them every day for an hour? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the way to work and before I get home every night. Yeah, yeah awesome. absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, did you play in school too? You played. I did. I played in college. I played volleyball in college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was too. Uh, at seventeen, was trying to go play basketball at North Carolina State, and uh, they wanted to redshirt me because of an ankle injury. And I said, "That ain't happening." I've never sat on the bench a day in my life. That ain't happening. So, um, I had been talking with Western Carolina um, coach Trish Howe and. She's probably a lot of the reason why I am who I am. But anyways, uh, she's pretty tough on me. But anyways, I played volleyball for her for four years, captain two years. So, yeah. Kristen, that's yeah. A, it's so awesome to hear you talk about that because nobody gets to the level of leadership that you're at um, without having a few of the pieces in place. And one of the things that I listen to your story and what I know about you personally is so much of your leadership is just character. Like your character is has made you an incredible leader. I, I was looking at the construction equipment guide yeah. um, article that was about you, and I wrote down a couple of things that just stuck out to me. There was one quote where you said, "I've always had an affinity for hard work, working outdoors, and finding solutions." This was the business for me. I mean, that was years ago too. Wasn't yeah, it? That and was you've always that. had that. That was just innate to you. And then the other one that I love too. You said, the thing that has kept me intrigued is I didn't know anything about the business. I was a sponge. Yeah. yeah. Just constant state of learning. Still am. Still am. Every day. And with everything changing and with really customer needs changing, because this changed a lot. It used to be, you know, the owner-operators would come in and talk to you, and they'd be mad about a battery that didn't have, you know, they weren't maintenance-free then. They would be upset about stuff like that. Today they're coming in and saying, my telematics isn't working. So it's a big change from a battery with no acid in it to now my telematics aren't communicating. I mean, that that's it's come a long way. So the sponge part, if you're not a sponge and you're getting up every day trying to figure out what's going on, you're, you know, you're behind. You're left behind. behind yeah. Ball, yeah. 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 You got to be willing. You got to hire, you know, great folks. And like I say, I inherited a lot of great folks, but we're also finding some good new ones as well. So, well, so you've got you've got these pieces that that, that I mean, to be honest with you, it's just DNA. You're just wired that way. I mean, you've you've always been competitive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. You 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 know you from 
art class. You knew, like it was going to frustrate you to not be perfect at something and to yeah. not be able to get something. So that's just yeah. part of your DNA. But the other part of your story that I think is really cool, and you've given credit to several people already in this podcast, is that you've had a lot of mentors. Oh yeah, along the way, yeah. people that have poured into you and and given you wisdom and guidance. Uh, talk about that piece of it a little bit. Who are some of those people? Yeah, so, um, yeah, boy, the list is long. From um, coaches in high school, I mean, they, they were always very uh, strong-minded. We we were very fortunate. I came from a high school that had a lot of state championship accolades and stuff while we were there, um, and they've continued that, you know, so that that's always nice. You have those folks to kind of pick you up, like John Hendricks, for example, that told me to stop back by the other yellow dealership, you know. Um, I had that when I was in high school. You know, there was different teachers that said, hey, you know, look at this, and you may be good at this. And, you know, it just keeps you intrigued and, and helps you become who you are. But, um, yeah, and, and then I'm just kind of running through um, – Button College, very strong mentor with um, Coach Trish Howe. She was, you know, she was tough on you, but by God, it kind of taught you. And she was always the person you could not, which I'm using it, but you could not use in any of your discussions with people the answer no or not or can't. She was one of those coaches that instilled in you at the same time as Pat Summit was big. You know, she, she kind of followed those rules. That everything was a positive. So no matter how we fail, if we won or lost, everything, we've had to find the positives in it to um, replicate that and, and keep moving forward. So we, we were winners. We were definitely winners. Um, and then in the business sector, oh, my gosh, the number of people that have helped me is, you know, I can't name all of them. Brad Stemmel, Nuno, who I think is my Nuno Klasa, um, he's probably my career mentor, Um very silent, very stern, and very much wanted you to make the right decisions. So, like I say, he was, he's probably my lifetime career mentor. Um, and then there's some folks I work with, people that work for me that probably help guide me better than even some of the leaders I've had. Really? You know? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. pretty powerful. That's pretty right? cool. Yeah. yeah. So, that's, you know. Learn from everybody you run into. So, do you find yourself on the other side of that equation now? Do you have people that you're you're walking alongside? Well, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, that's what it's all about: is giving back and feeding that DNA, um, trying to push people. You know, be positive, be strong, find solutions, keep running towards the goal. Um, Don't make what you do a job. If you're waking up in the morning and you're like, God, I got to go to work quit you're in the wrong you're in the wrong you're in the wrong place you know you and i we talked about that just a minute ago about where but you got to wake up in the morning just fired up to get where you're going you don't worry about what your paper with job responsibilities and what they say you worry about getting after it so and today my job might be selling tomorrow might be trying to figure out how we get parts you know the logistics worked out but the whole piece of it is just loving what you do did you wake up this morning excited to go to work knowing you were about to be on this podcast? No, I was nervous. I was very <laughs> nervous. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's yeah, you're always excited because you you know you want to try new things. Has it has it you eased know? off a little bit? Yes, yeah, eased off. Thank you. That's good. I think it's because of you. 
I appreciate that. You See, got it. There it is. There it is. I, I, I can leave now, right? No, you can't leave. Now. You can't leave. Yep. So, Kristen, this whole uh, series, you know, we put it out to our listeners. We put it out to our team. We said, what do you want to hear? We've had some great guests come through the studio here. And uh, the theme that continues to emerge is leadership. People are hungry for leadership and how to be a better leader, kind of what you've talked about. They be a sponge and learn from great leaders, what not to do, what to do. Um, this series is called How Not to Be a Leader. So there are tons of resources out there to tell you, do these things to be a great leader. These are the steps you follow. But you don't find a lot of people that say, hey, avoid these pitfalls. Mm -hmm. These are the things that you need to avoid. And when we were talking to you and, and kind of toss around some ideas, one thing that was clear that is that you've been an incredible leader through challenging times. And no matter uh, what, who, what kind of leader you are, there's going to come a day where um, you get thrown a curveball. And, and you're working through a challenging time. And leading through challenging times is probably a lot different than leading through the good times. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, talk to us about times where maybe you as a leader or you've, you've witnessed somebody else that struggled leading through challenging times. Well, I've been fortunate. I've been around a lot of good leaders that during, I think, those harder times, they were able to give us, you know, give us strength and uh, figure out where we were. And also I was in different places of my career, but kind of just looking at, you know, folks that maybe didn't get it right, you know, and I'm not necessarily one that would judge other people, but it's more about keeping in mind who you're impacting. So, and I guess I'm going to say that kind of a long way, but I think there were times where managers that I've worked around or for perhaps didn't think about the total impact. You know, they knew they had to get to a number and they kind of rolled over people to make it happen. You know what I mean? And they didn't look at the total impact and what that did. And I think even today, the slightest changes that we make, even though it might not be a challenging time today, I really try and I try to instill in the folks that I work with is let's think about how that's going to impact them because you're not just impacting Brandon or, or Rusty. I mean, you're, you're impacting your family. You're impacting, you know, the people that work around you. So when changes were made in my past, I felt like maybe they weren't giving a total look at what the impacts were. You know, what what were, you know, you throw a landmine, what's happening around big you? Big picture. Yeah. Looking at the big picture. Yeah. And I think I think that that is um, something, and, and you say, you know, it's different to lead during challenging times is good times. Good times sometimes harder to lead through because you have a lot of folks that, they have room to sweep things underneath the rug yep. because things are going well and things can be more easily overlooked. And so as a leader, you've really got to take the time to say, okay, what, what are those pieces we're not looking at right now? And make sure because when you do have to tighten up in a challenging time, you don't want it to be a complete overhaul and you have the impact that is such a wide brush you want the impact and the change that we have to make to go into a challenging time to be almost transparent and minimal to, to that person. Yeah. Because, you know, 
they sit at the table with that Volvo hat on at, you know, at Thanksgiving and Christmas and everybody, you know, did you give me a hat? You know, everybody's involved in that family table. So that next, you know, that next holiday, it's, it impacts more people than just that person wearing that Volvo hat at the table. That's a great point, Kristen. And I, I love how you, how you said that, uh, and that perspective on leading through good times in a lot of ways help mask some of the problems that you have those problems may exist but things are good you don't see that the title of this episode is called oh no we've got a flat yeah you know during a challenging time you you turn around and you realize all right something we got a we got a flat tire well that didn't just happen that's right you've had a slow it was happening that's right over the last three years that you didn't realize because things were good so everything we try to do we we need to be trying to avoid that flat you know because when you get when you're when things are going well, you need to know about that leak in that tire, you know, and say, hey, we got to plug that because when we do hit a challenging time, you want the best set of tires you can have on that, you know, to roll with. Yeah. So, well, dig into this for me because you mentioned something there. So, if, if, you know, trying to stay with the theme here, if I don't want if, how not to be a good leader, then lose sight of the impact of your decisions, sure. right? Yeah. That's how you become a bad leader. Yeah. You, Talk to me about how do you avoid that? How do you, what do you do to make sure that you're constantly thinking about the impact? Can I share a story? Cause you, you made Heck something yeah. pop up Heck in my head. Yeah. So my brother-in-law and I'm, I, I'll leave names out of this. He played uh, professional baseball and then went on to do some coaching. And I remember one time he was walking me through the war room and, and baseball's tough, right? It's, it's, it's hard. And you're, you got different levels that you're trying to make it to and you're constantly moving around. But I remember seeing this big whiteboard up on the screen and it had names and the, these guys were standing around and they were saying, all right, well, what about this one? No, move this thing. And there were names being shuffled around on these boards. And all that I could think about was like, y'all are filling a roster, but with every move you've yeah. impacted a family You've, you've moved them. You've, I mean, all, that was all I could think about was to, you know, in that moment, it was just, I'm just filling a roster. But that impact of those decisions That's was right. massive. And so I thought about that when you said that, that we, we make decisions often as leaders, but sometimes we lose sight of what the true impact of those decisions are. Yeah. Yeah. So you asked me, you know, how do you kind of, I guess, stay the course, so to speak, and uh, I think it's the team that you build around you. You know, um, I've got I've got folks that are my lead managers. I call them my top management team, and um, it's kind of like the pinky swear you did when you were in a, you know, when you were young, and you know, like, I pinky swear we're never going to do this, and we and we kind of pinky swear. I mean, we even going into some customer solutions, and I used this in a meeting that we had um, just a month ago. You know. We go in and look at a customer fleet, for example, and when we first look at it, we're like, oh, yeah, we know what they need to do. And the customer's probably anticipating they're going to tell us we need to replace these excavators, they need to replace this, do this, and they need to do our service. And anyways, we made a pinky swear among the management team, and we said, listen, we are going to look at the data, and we're going to treat this as our fleet, and what would we do if we owned it? And we, we've all been enlightened and surprised to be able to hold each other accountable like that and be able to come back to the customer. And they were shocked. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We don't think there's anything going wrong. And then others, you know, we came back to them and said, hey, you may want to, 
you may want to do this, this, and this, and we've given them report cards and stuff like that. But I think it holds true as well in what you in what you're saying. You know, to kind of keep that same core movement, always be looking at the impact you might have on others, being a customer, your personal life, or even you know the employees, which I find my personal life too because they're like family for us. But we all kind of have a pinky swear, you know, as make sure that when we're making a decision, let's think about the big picture and not, you know, not be so ingrained on the decision at hand. So we're going to incorporate a pinky swear. Absolutely. I I think probably one of the one of the most uh, one of the the best things during that last conversation was was looking looking at the big picture and. You know, leading during the good times, so it's small adjustments to get through the tough times. We used to have a term called "scary quiet" mm-hmm. in the fire service, and that's what it—that's kind of what it reminded me of. You know, when it's the good times, you know, you're not running any calls, but you always wondering something's coming. Something's coming. It's going to break loose. We got to be ready for it. You know, and, and that's kind of—that's kind of the way. Yeah. That uh, sounds. Yeah. I like that. Scary quiet. Scary quiet. Scary I'm gonna remember quiet. that. Yeah. We used to, we used to say that all the time. We used to forbid people to say the Q word. Boy, it sure has been. We've been, uh, uh, <laughs> say it. Yeah, because then it would come in threes. You know, you get yeah. three calls back fault. to back to back, and I'd be like, see, yeah. you know. But it's it's scary quiet. That's 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 it. I love that. I felt that. And we probably all felt that at the time. Like, it's too good right now. Yeah. 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 Kristen, when, you know, when people tell me where this breaks down, where maybe it's in your experience or what you've seen, when somebody loses sight of the impact of the team, what, what's causing that? What are they doing? Where does that break down? I think it breaks, I think it breaks down when, uh, someone is, uh, more worried about their self and the agenda than the team so you kind of get into this when you're recruiting people of finding the fit and i and i've said this to some of our younger guys where when they've come in i'm like you've got it and you fit and they don't they really don't understand what you're saying until they've been there a couple years but we used to say this a lot in my you know in my past is they've got it you know you would see that person you'd be like they've got it and um so I think when you lose sight of that and what that it is, and maybe it becomes a job for you, you know, you've probably, you probably start losing sight of what the goal is. And um, to get that turned around sometimes is almost impossible because they, they get into that naysayer mode and they get into that, you know, if it's not their idea or if they're not excelling and what they have to remember is we're bringing a team. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. Yeah. I mean, our goal was to bring the team, and um, when you lose sight of that, yeah, probably probably not hard to dig out of that. Probably not the best place to be. Yeah, and I think you know, that's it. Sounds crazy when we say that. Like we we sit here in this studio and we talk about yeah, don't lose sight of the team and everything, and that just sounds very cliche. Well, no, not cliche, but like something like you think I would never do that. I would never go in. But in a challenging time, it's probably easier to get lost in yeah. that than it would be, um, than you would think it would be. Yeah. You start getting a lot of pressure uh, that you're not used to during a challenging time, whether your boss is telling you, hey, you got to hit the numbers, we're sinking, 
we're bleeding out right now. There's pressure coming into you. And so if you haven't already established that that mindset of the impact for the whole team, I could see where you could get lost in that yeah. during a challenging time. Yeah, you can. You and, can and easily. Keeping everybody, you know, keeping everybody's head, you know, you keep your eye on the team, but you got to keep their you got to keep them focused on the goal. Yep. Um, it, it's it's kind of challenging sometimes. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. but but uh, you know, as long as you do it the the right way, like you were talking earlier, you know, just making sure that everybody's on board with the goal and taking it to them in the right way. Yeah, and it's a it's a small industry. I mean, the construction industry is small. I think you and I've had that conversation before, Brandon, but. Um, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where within the industry, everybody has that common goal and everybody's running towards that. But when you kind of lose sight, you know, what I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it, you lose respect with folks when people see that. Yeah, they, they pick up on it. You know, you're in a challenging time and you're leading a team and you start to lose confidence or uh, you start to panic a little bit. And yep. people see that and they're going to react to that. That's right. Yep. That's right. Every time, if and if you and if you start wrong, you're not going to finish right. That's right. That's right. How important um, is communication and transparency during a challenging time Ooh. as a leader? Pro- probably in both challenging and good times. Communication is key. Kind of that that quiet you're talking about is never good. I mean, it's it's not. And I and I fall victim to that. I mean, you know, all of us do. Where you're kind of you kind of pull it all in because you want to try to protect folks, but what you find out is you're not protecting them. You're scaring them to damn death. Right. You know, so the more you communicate and kind of let them know, you know, where you're at. Yeah, we're all facing hard times. You know, it's just like playing ball. You go into third quarter and you're losing by, you know, X amount of points. It's tough to come into that timeout and talk about that, but by God, you got to pull up and tighten your shoestrings, get back out there, and you know, and play harder. Um, but if your coach calls you over there and nobody's saying crap, you know, yeah. you sit there and you go, "Okay, what do we do?" And that's how employees feel. I mean, when it's tough times, they come in and it's quiet. They're like, "What should we be doing?" You know what? And I'm not talking about what should be doing. They know to answer the phone. They know to take a parts or they know to take care of customers and service call. But they're more worried about if the numbers have to go down, you know, what's in that for me? So the more communication you can provide them and be real with them, you don't want them to be surprised, you know. And sometimes it's hard to hear what people have got to say. And that communication ain't always fun, but, I mean, it's important. You know, it's important. Do do you always feel like when times are tough, everybody kind of focuses their eyes on you? I think that focuses on leadership. So, I'm for, again, I'm very fortunate. I have a strong team of leaders, and I think they would rather blame it because everybody's yeah. looking to blame somebody. So, they're, they're going to blame it on that instead of working towards how we can reduce the impact. You know, um, and I got to tell you, folks we have that are, you know, from pulling parts to helping, you know, deliver parts or going out into the service truck, washing equipment that comes in, every one of them have a way to make a huge impact. Um, and that that's the piece I think they forget, you know, to keep coming at it as hard as they can. And it's, it's not always the leadership that's making 
the good and bad impacts. You know, they they have that communication piece, but what they're saying in the field is also making a huge impact because if they're out there naysaying or being, I've heard this before, being a termite in the group, they're hurting the morale of the team. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what I say, if they're out there, you know, communicating something different and they get that kind of bug in everybody's ear, you know, it's kind of hard to overcome that, doesn't matter what I say, good yeah. or bad. You know, that's, it, I remember when we were going through COVID, Brian McManus, the owner of Hoopa, he said, we're going to go, I'm going to go live every week on Workplace, which is our internal communications. Do you remember that, Bam Bam? You remember Brian going live every I, Friday? When, I, I wasn't here. Dude. You weren't here yeah, during COVID. Yeah, I wasn't here. Well, yeah. it, it was great. I mean, and I remember Brian saying exactly what you said. We know there's a problem going on. Yeah. We know there's, there's, um, there's some issues here. We don't really know exactly how this plays out, but what we do know is we got to communicate. I got to be right. transparent and I got to talk to the team. They need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I thought about what you said there, the, the alternative to holding on to that, to being a leader that's used to high horses and ivory towers and keeping it all right here is scary as hell yeah. to the team. Yeah. Talk to them. Let them know what's going on. Don't That's hold right. that. Yeah. yeah. And put and pushing the management to do the same thing. Yeah. Don't wait on me. You know? Yeah. Don't wait on me. Keep talking to, you know, the guys and ladies that work in the workplace because they need to know what's going on. Um and they know and that is that is something that probably I get faced with of being an over communicator. Um, because I do share with them stuff maybe that's scary, you know, that Things are getting ready to change. We're going to, just a quick example, we're going to a new operating system. And it changes a little bit about, like, how we do business today. And so in having those communications, they're like, man, how's that going to impact it? You know, tell them. You know, tell the parts guy. Here's here's probably what's going to happen. We don't know for sure, but I'm giving you update. And as much as I know, I want you to know. Because the more the, more the people know that are actually in front of the customers, the quicker we can make decisions and the better decisions we'll make as well. So this is good stuff. Uh, I, I love it. You know, if, if you want to be a bad leader, you, you don't want to be a good leader, then make decisions without thinking about the impact that it's going to have on everybody else. Make decisions that uh, are about yourself, about the numbers, about calming your nerves forget about the impact that it's going to have on everybody else that's right that's the secret to being a bad leader yeah yeah do you have a process you walk through to make sure that you've thought about everybody when before you make a decision so when we look when we look at stuff um and i say we because it is you know a group of us that lead the team and when we look at stuff we're like "Mm," we think about timing you know is the timing right do we we think about you know are the right people in the room you know, are we having discussions with individuals or are we having discussions with the team? Um, and then who are the right people to be, like, prioritized, I guess, like the A, you know, the A group. And you, you don't want to get caught up in somebody thinking they're on the A team and somebody else on a B team. But you have to prioritize somehow. And it's not necessarily uh, based on their performance. It's just the level, you know, that they're at. So we try very hard to make sure we include the right people in all the discussions and I think I think uh if from just experience I had a leader in the past that they didn't think about that 
So they would call in their group of, and I'm sorry to say this, but the good old boys to have that discussion. And they would make a decision, and you're like, you're not even paying attention to the ones that are on the ground making this happen. Yeah. You know, and um, so I've always tried, and I may miss, you know what I'm saying? All of us missed it, but I can tell I always try. Let's let's think about that. You know, if we're, and this is an easy example, we want to put a new tape machine in the parts warehouse. And one of the guys like, I do not want that damn tape machine. You know, and we could have just went out there and put the tape machine and said, here, this is what you're going to use from now on. But we kind of, let's try it, you know, and we talked to them instead of just putting the damn tape machine out there. And, you know, they use it today, and that's a real minimal example of what, but the whole point is you don't, you can't make decisions in a vacuum. You've got to consider everybody that it's going to impact. So, how many times do you see that with a company? Like the company will push down a new initiative, oh, yeah. or they'll push yeah. out some great new idea, and the people in the field say, "This is stupid." Yeah, yeah. this is stupid. You know, I can't do my job because you're asking me to do this, and you really haven't considered the impact to the people that you're asking to yeah. do. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's arrogance. Yeah, yeah, because I, I the tape machine thing I know is a simple example, but if it didn't bother me that that person had a problem with it and we needed to address it a different way, I know it's a simple example. Then I think I feel like then I've lost touch. I think it's you know when I just I don't care. Good yeah, you know, yeah. I think, but yeah, I, I you know I, I think that the that hey, do you ever do you ever catch yourself and say, damn. Probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Too. I, I do too. Oh, yeah. You? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I've already done it 20 times today. Yeah. 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 But you've got to be. you got to yeah. have humility yeah. as, as a leader. Absolutely. Yeah, it ain't always nice. I mean, it ain't always pretty. Know. You know, you, you think you have the best laid out plan, and then you go, hmm. And I promised to him. I think I've only cussed once since we sat here. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, I was like, I'm afraid if you can't cut this thing up. Count, but, yeah. I'm keeping count up. On okay. Count. Okay. <laughs> We've got a button for that. I yeah, got you. Yeah. We got a button. I got you. But you do, you just kind of, you know, why did that happen that yeah. way? Or, um, But when you stop doing that, that's when you just don't care anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've gotten into trouble before and got, what was I? What, that, that, that's not the way to have I've actually gotten back out of trouble on jobs. So I used to go there and go, hey. That was on me, boys. Yeah. You've caught yourself that quick. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Well, Kristen, I am, uh, I'm inspired by your story. And I just, I watch you and I I watch you lead your team. Uh, You know, a little bit of time that I've known you and it's, it's inspiring. I love, and if I'm someone that works for Ascendum right now and I'm, I'm one of the people that are dependent on your leadership. I'm very encouraged right now Thank you. after listening to this podcast about how the decisions you're making for that team, you're considering how it impacts me oh, as yeah. a team member. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and you lose that as organizations get bigger. So I'm very fortunate to be, like I say, in a family-owned business. Big company. We're a big company, but we also know, you know, things about the employees, and I want to know, you know, about the employees. You know, you want to know that – we just had a technician that had a baby. We just had somebody we're recruiting. We haven't even interviewed yet. They just had a baby. I mean, you want to know those things because then that helps you kind of understand how they are at the workplace, 
you know, because you don't live in everybody's shoes. You don't know if they just had an argument with their wife or they came in that morning. You need to think about those things when you go to react to something, you know. Mm-hmm. Think about you don't you don't know how they came out of that car this morning. Were they nervous, you know, were they not nervous, and how right. it may change the decisions they make. Um, so anyways, there's just, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. But no question, you were made to do this. Oh, well, thank you. You carry, a, you carry a lot on your shoulders, but uh, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, I want to make sure I've got this right. So my takeaways, this is what I wrote down here, on how not to be a leader. Don't think for the impact that your decisions are, ma- are having on others. And don't pay attention to your slow leaks. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. We get it? We yep. got it. I love it. I think it was great. Thank you. And look, you know, I ask you who you are mentoring. If you don't have a full roster right now, Bam Bam and I want to sign up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Will you mentor I us? Agree. Yeah, all, absolutely. All I need is Pinky, absolutely. Pinky swear? Yeah, yeah. we'll be Pinky, Pinky swear. swear. All I need is the address, and I'll be there. Uh, yeah. All right. Chris, this wasn't so bad, was it? Ah, uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's you okay. did a great job. Thank you for being with us today. Thank we you. really enjoyed having you here in the studio. Sure. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yep.